Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. been waiting for all the months of preparation and research and setting lineups all leading to this it's week 17 which means you are likely playing in the fantasy championships or you are watching someone else play for them in which case better luck next year (laughs) luckily for you today your fantasy season may be over but the fun just keeps on rolling here on the breakout football podcast on the believe podcast network sponsored by link me i'm zach cohen of the draft network with the stupendous cole topham what you can expect on a loaded week 17 show we will tout the good and the bad with our weekly superlatives as always then we each have five players that we have a take on for our 10 takes things may get a little nutty then gladiator style thumbs up or down with a little twist this week to help you get ready for next season and before we dive into your questions to end it cole has a little something to get off his chest you wouldn't even tell me what it is though i can't even get like a hint before we really get into it it's just been like a tried and true debate that i think this um like this season has really put into into perspective Okay, you have me on the edge of my really small rolling chair. So before we get into our weekly superlatives, a quick word from our beloved sponsors over at LinkMe. LinkMe, L-I-N-K-M-E, is an amazing new social media platform with thousands of new users joining daily. Literally today, I had like over 400 uh, requests for new links, which was amazing. A little short of a thousand, but I think you get the idea. Everyone's hopping on LinkMe. You can start posting on their feed to gain new exposure for your personal brand or business. They're also a link sharing platform. This is what I especially love about them, which means you can add all your social profiles or website links to your profile and share it with anyone. You're even given a custom QR code to connect. You can use scan with people when you meet them for your first time share all your profiles and simplified networking only at link me l-i-n-k-m-e download it from however you get your apps today and if you do feel free to shout us out on all social media platforms at zach cohen fb at ham analysis and with that i say why don't we dive into our first week the superlative took a little hiatus last week both on vacation nice little break to get right back into the fantasy championships tip top shape and you're already thinking about one player who could win some of you some big bucks this week right yeah i mean maybe not maybe not as much as last week i don't know if we'll see a repeat performance but it all depends on how well austin eckler is recovering from covid but justin jackson last week brilliant substitute i don't know how many like championship weekends this guy punched a ticket to because he was spectacular Mm -hmm. right uh what 11 attempts, 64 yards, but the big kicker was those two touchdowns and those eight receptions for almost 100 receiving yards. He fell two yards short of it. Uh, Justin Jackson was was the perfect championship substitute, and I picked him up in two leagues. How about you? 
I didn't touch him uh, mostly because I was eliminated, so I would did not compete oh, in well, yeah, that... two of my leagues. So that stunk. My best ball teams are going really strong, though. I should finish either first or second place in both of them. So we'll see where that goes. My thing with Jackson was like, okay, like is he going to get the bulk of the carries? And um, at first glance, like probably not. But the way they've used Eckler this season, you slide Jackson into that role. Super easy. I did see Eckler uh, should be on track to play this week, but I think it just kind of goes to show you got to keep your eye on every single one of your players. You don't know who's all of a sudden going to get COVID or have a toe injury or something like that. So use your bench spots to really prioritize your backups this week, right? Yeah, I mean, of course, like uh, there was like the situation, they played two different positions, but Amari Cooper came back after being out a week or two weeks from COVID and just did not look like his, his previous self and took a few weeks to get going on. So you can, can never really predict what's going to happen with this virus. But um, I mean, Jackson definitely punched me to the, to the championship and plenty of others. And you just, you just love to see it. He even said like on his show on Yahoo fantasy to pick up Justin Jackson, like he was so confident that <laughs> Jackson would do a great job as a replacement. Yeah. Austin Eckler, the fantasy savior and fantasy guru. Not bad. I've got a good handcuff to talk about in just a bit, but there's one player who I think's kind of been flying under the radar for my superlative I'm titling Swamp Thing. Do you know who Swamp Thing is? Yeah. Yeah. It's a, it's like what y'all do in Florida and uh, <laughs> it's like a tradition. <laughs> maybe, maybe. For those of you who don't know, he's a DC Comics character. Uh, I would oh, say a superhero. Okay, never mind. I, uh, oh, you were joking. I mis I misinterpreted. <laughs> oh, I thought you were just making a I was really dead good serious. joke. No, you should have. Oh, I was giving you so much credit there, and you're like, oh no, never. I I was being dumb. I did not know that. Oh man. <laughs> okay. Well, for those of you who don't know, uh, you can easily Google it. It'll do it way more justice than this little description. But Swamp Thing's a superhero sort of i guess kind of like an anti-hero and i think he reminds me a lot of gerald everett so my first superlative this week is the swamp thing superlative i guess for lack of a better description uh it's gerald everett because both of them kind of have just been lurking in the shadows they're probably not viewed favorably they're not the flashiest not the most appealing but like swamp thing and i still can't believe like i was able to slot these two together Everett's just been getting the job done in the last seven weeks. He had just two games below 10 points. He's also tight end seven in that time. I know how much you love your tight ends. So love if them. you do need one, Everett's a fine starter and get this. He's available in about 70% of leagues. So I really like Gerald Everett as a starter for the next week or two. Uh, Seattle's not making it to the playoffs, so he kind of doesn't have any daily value once in the playoffs. But if you aren't in your championship right now, he might be a really low, cheap, nice option to start too. So I like Everett. I just Googled Swamp Thing, and okay. I'm currently looking at images and just educating myself and what do you see? This guy Share just with does the not look like a superhero. He has like red eyes and this weird <laughs> vine handlebar mustache looking thing. Like, it's good. That's not bad. I, I give that description a, a seven out of ten. Uh, uh, second round grade, not bad. Cap Captain America had like Swamp Thing has nothing on Captain America. In terms oh yeah, of, no aesthetic. No, like yeah, like I just said, it's kind of like you look at him like, ah, it's nothing much. Like, I'm not a big fan of I mean, come on. That's what everyone was saying about Gerald Everett once he fumbled three times a few weeks ago in one game. But he is the seventh highest scoring tight end 
of the last six games. So there you go, Gerald Everett, Swamp Thing. What's your second superlative ahead? Well, of I kind of wanted to give credit to another tight end, and that's because yeah. I was pretty much out on this guy pretty early in the season. I thought he was going to get outsnapped by Blake Jarwin, and I thought, you know, kind of his production was, was, a, was a fluke. And that's Dalton Schultz, who staring at me in the face right now, I see is the number four tight end on the season. He's got 91 targets, 69 receptions, 733 yards, and six touchdowns throughout um, the six the 16 games so far, or 17 games on, so far on the season, I should say. Wait, no, 16 games. I'm I'm right. This this extra week of of fantasy football is is uh is throwing me for a loop. But anyway, Dalton Schultz. I, I'm sorry for, for slandering you earlier in the year because you have now become one of my targets, you know, for, for next year uh, that you and, and Pat Fryermuth, um, Yeah. Well, I mean, what can I say? Like we thought there was going to be trouble finding uh, extra targets with all those mouths to feed in Dallas. And yet Schultz has done that. So I commend him for it. And uh, I take back what I said. Cannot believe it. What what universe are we in where you are bringing a tight end to the table? My goodness. Schultz hey, has been pretty weekend. good. It's, it's extra special over here, okay? <laughs> it, and it's like the holiday cheer. New Year's about to, you know, turn around the corner. We're, we're, have, we, we are embarking into 2022 with a merrier attitude and a po- more positive outlook on the position. Wow, you hold it. You heard it here first, folks. Cole Topham, pro tight end, entering 2022. Uh, my final superlative. I was really hot with my sleepers last week. I don't know if you saw guys like Josh Palmer, Harrison Bryant. I was like, these guys could be sneaky good picks, and they both scored last week. I want a sleeper that I did call last week was Devonte Booker too. And this week, he's my sleeper of the week. He is my guy. I don't know, call just like a gut feeling or something. But also look at his production over the last couple of weeks. He's been steady, like floating above a little below the 10 point mark. And look, he saw more snaps and targets in Saquon Barkley last week. That's nice. It was also the second straight week where Booker outscored Barkley. That's great. And as the cherry on top, we know Booker has low end RB2 potential if Barkley were to get hurt again. So he's a solid stash with starter upside where he's a sleeper for your lineups kind of comes into this week's matchup against the Bears. Now, the Bears, they've allowed the 11th most points to running back, so this is a fine matchup for Barkley. And I know, like I said, I've been pretty hot with my sleeper picks, and while I don't think Booker has a massive game, I think there's a real possibility. He gets like 9 to 10 points, and he's probably super cheap in any daily fantasy format, any best ball. And if you are truly desperate for a running back, as it seems like many people are at this stage in the season, Booker could be a guy you consider slotting in as your RB2. I mean, I don't expect like 20 points or anything, but... Yeah, he's been thriving off of garbage time the last couple of weeks, thriving off the Giants and their negative game script, getting Booker more involved. I can see him carve out a solid enough role against Chicago. Who knows how that game's going to go, especially with how garbage the Giants offense truly is. So I kind of like Booker this week if you really need a running back badly. Yeah, and it's a wonder what fresh legs can do at this point in the season as well. Oh, yeah. And, like, if I'm looking at the stats correctly, it kind of looks like Booker hasn't been used too heavily over the last, like, five or six weeks. And really, his biggest 
benefit has been his efficiency. And so right. if he does get a, you know, a larger workload and then that's great in, in relief of, of Barkley um, and he, he can cut into that timeshare a little bit, but it kind of seems like Booker will, will get it done no matter, you know, what type of workload he receives. Exactly. Like he's just been efficient and that's kind of something you need this late in the season. So those were our first two superlatives and our last two superlatives subsequently because we have to move on to 10 takes. I got five players. Cole's got five players. We're going to ask each other about each of those players and dish out a take. I got one for you. We love to start with the quarterbacks. Normally, we like to go a little more under the radar, guys, but I need your thoughts on Kyler Murray. He missed a few games. Now he is back. Is he someone that we should be penciling in as a starter for the rest of the season? Like, well, what's on your mind about this guy? That's what I'm struggling with because, as we all know, DeAndre Hopkins is on IR. Uh, Cardinals have dropped three straight. Murray wasn't starting for one of those games. It was the first of that, that three-game stretch. But he just doesn't look like the same type of quarterback since, like, after his injury. Like, sure, yes, he had the large 50-yard run. But outside of that, it's just the Cardinals were just kind of stalling on offense. And James Conner also, like, has kind of lost his that stretch where he was just dominant and Cardinals were converting in the in the red zone just basically because he was just punching it up the middle. So I, I'm not sure. Like Kyler Murray, if you haven't if you have a great backup with a great matchup, I I would be enticed to start that backup over over Murray this week, especially against the Cowboys defense facing reigning or top interceptions leader Trayvon Diggs, who, you know, some people believe might be a little bit overrated, but hey, 11 interceptions is 11 interceptions, right? The dude's a ball hawk. And if you throw it up near him, then you better be careful about your, your placement because he could come down with it. So I, I don't know. It, it, it could turn into a shootout on Sunday or it could just turn into a dominant defensive performance by the by the boys. Mm-hmm. And I don't think the Cardinals defense should be overlooked either in that matchup. But I think kind of to your bigger point, Kyler isn't playing like the the 20 plus point quarterback we've seen from him. He's had a little more variance to his play. And that does make you consider other options, whether that means starting like Trey Lance or Justin Fields. I, I don't I don't know. That might be adding to the risk factor overall. But I also wouldn't pencil in Murray as like an automatic start either. I would look at other quarterbacks too. Although most of the time, nine times out of maybe like 13, for some reason, I would choose Murray over the other options for sure. So we talked about Murray, a brilliant Russian quarterback. Let's pivot to the NFC East with Jalen Hurts. And I think a large part of his kind of, you know, surgeons in the second half when many expected him to fall off has been his connection with Devontae Smith. What have you seen from from Jalen Hurts and, and how is he evolving in the passing game? Well, I think beyond fantasy, the obvious takeaway from Hertz this season is he's earned the starting job for next season. Like there is no reason the Philadelphia should look to spend a lot of capital on replacing him. Hertz is the guy for next season. I don't know if he's their franchise quarterback yet. Uh, there's still a lot to ask from him from a passing standpoint, but from a fantasy standpoint, he has thrived off of garbage time. And that's really been where he's produced the bulk of points for people who've started Hertz in their lineups. Look, he scored 11 total touchdowns in the fourth quarter alone. The most among all quarterbacks for him, he scored six total touchdowns in the fourth quarter alone. I'm um, the first quarter, sorry, this entire season. I think it's important because it 
yeah, it, it paints this picture that he starts off slow, which isn't wrong. And it does make you a bit nervous about starting him because you see him with six or five points through three quarters of the game. And you're thinking, oh my God, like, what did I do wrong here? And no, he hasn't been as consistent as he was to start the year, but he's playing well enough to keep him as a quarterback one. Like I'm not starting like a Trey Lance or Justin Fields over him this week or next week. If you're still for some reason playing next week, I don't know why you would be. Anyway, I like Jalen Hurts as a quarterback one. And this week, especially he's playing Washington, Washington's defense, 31st in quarterbacks, FPA fantasy points allowed hurts is a must start this week and looking forward someone I would hope to have on my lineups to start next season. Yeah. And that must be just like such a relief for the Eagles because they can focus on other positions at least for, for next year. And I tweeted out, I think yesterday is like, if they can grab Jahan Dotson in the first round out of Penn state and just overload this offense with targets for, for Hertz to throw to, then I think this Eagles offense next year could be pretty explosive. Um, especially with Devonte Smith in year two, Jalen Rager entering year three, and like hopefully, like that finally clicks for him. I think this Eagles offense could could rank near the top, like a la Dallas Cowboys. While on the topic of the Eagles, Miles Sanders missed some time, and now he was just announced he's probably not going to play this week. But the talents there, the Eagles are one of the top running teams in football right now in terms of volume given to their runners. What do you think about Sanders in fantasy? It's it's really frustrating because I've had Sanders on my roster the past two years, and it just kind of seems like the same thing. He gives you a taste. It was like it was mm. like Joe Mixon when he was in his most frustrating age, right? Like he gives you a taste. He gives you that twenty bomb, those you know, uh, sp- sprint like finishes to the end zone. And then he just kind of falls off or, or he gets injured or he loses touches to Kenneth Gainwell and, and Boston Scott. There's weeks where the coaching staff doesn't just doesn't pay attention to the run. And so I'm I'm here to say like Miles Sanders at this point is a fantasy liability. I don't know how you can take this guy inside, you know, the first five or six rounds of the draft next year. And I know we're doing thumbs up or, or down later in, in the show, but mm-hmm. I think this is the season where it basically solidifies his solidifies miles sanders like fantasy stock is he's nothing more than like a middling rb3 with running back to uh matchup based potential but even in like those good matchups it kind of seems like it's a toss-up to whether he actually gets those carries or not he's not good enough to be a bell cow but also the situation he's and he doesn't in... really have the durability to be a bell cow either yeah that's true. That's true. Because, like, they love to give the ball to Boston Scott, Jordan Howard, Nick Sirianni showing, like, hey, like, what Doug Peterson did with those running backs, I'll continue to do. And Sanders, for as good as he's looked sometimes, if you just can't put it together, when can he? You know, and I'm obviously there are exceptions to that. Like, there's a lot, a lot of exceptions to that. But at the end of the day, with Sanders, it's like where he's going to be drafted next year. Who knows at this point? You said like fourth or fifth round. There's probably other running backs with more upside, a little more left to prove in a situation that could potentially be better for him. All right, and speaking of oft-injured running backs, Rashad Penny. Oh, man. Oh, my gosh. Like how – he looks completely different to start his career. He was the running back nine this week, 19.5 PPR points, uh, getting it done on, on 17 attempts, another 100-yard rushing game and a touchdown – like this is a guy that you can bet your chip on, right? Like your fantasy chip. Mm-hmm. 
100%. And I will preface this. I'm not going to force any money puns, any penny puns. But I will say, if you weren't sold on Penny in the last few weeks, you better buy all of his stock right now because Penny has led Seattle's backfield for the third week in a row, which included a team high 17 carries and 30 snaps among running backs. And yeah, DJ Dallas was more involved as a passer, but Penny's workload is big enough to warrant RB2 appeal in all formats. As long as the Seahawks keep running the ball and they're averaging 24 rushing attempts over the last three games, Penny will remain a low-end starter in your lineups. He has league-winning potential, and I can't believe I'm saying this, but he has me excited about him as a fantasy player next season. What a world we've come into, man. Rashad Penny, fantasy relevant, finally. I can't believe it. And I can't believe you also said I won't use any puns and then proceeded to say buy and and, and you're sold on, on Penny. Uh, that's, I don't, mm, I could I could have done like way more egregious puns there. Buy and sold, that stock, I feel like that's, that, that's a that's a fair line. You can say that about any player. Had I gone out and say like my two cents about Penny or oh my gosh or uh, you know <laughs> and anything along that, then I would have thrown up the red flag. I, I think I made a fair uh, walk on the balance there. Rashad Penny, million dollar play the last last two weeks. Then right? Yeah, has to be. <laughs> yeah, there's another one. All right, we'll keep him moving. Talking about Penny. Yep. Oh my gosh. I was I'm, <laughs> How's this for a segue? Uh you watched SpongeBob as a kid? No, I didn't. What? No, I I feel like in my childhood was robbed. I had a lot of little Einsteins, um a lot okay. of Dora, but no SpongeBob. Ah, oh, SpongeBob's just like a different level. You you could watch I appreciate the memes. Like yeah. I'm a big fan of that Squidward meme where he's got like the glasses or like the sunglasses, he's out tanning and then he like flips it up and then flips it down. I like yes. that meme a lot. That's a good one. Do you know the meme where he's sitting with his three friends? He's sitting with a penny, a chip and a tissue. You know that meme? No. <laughs> it's, a great, it's a great episode, a classic. Well, here's the segue because he's got a penny right there and he got a chip that looks like a Pringles chip. What are your thoughts on Byron Pringle? <laughs> uh, my thoughts aren't necessarily, a, he had a great week, right? 25.5 PPR points, you know, got a decent target share, turned that into two touchdowns, 75 yards um, in the air. But I think what I'm most encouraged about, like about Pringle is he's shown up in games this season. He showed up against um, Washington. He showed up against Tennessee. And of course, you know, last game against Pittsburgh, which was a complete domination by the Chiefs. I'm most excited about whoever assumes Pringles wide receiver two role because you know they, they the Chiefs experimented with uh, Nicole Hardman there. It, it just kind of seems like there's an identity crisis right now on the Chiefs where you've just got a bunch of speed guys and then Travis Kelsey. And so I really think that the Chiefs are going to buy into one of the top wide receivers in this draft. And if that's Traylon Burks, if that's Drake London, I would be really, really excited about that rookie's potential in this offense, not only just because it's Patrick Mahomes, but because of these receivers that the Chiefs are working with are so, you know, limited in their skill sets and, and, and what they can do in terms of Andy Reid scheming them the ball. With a guy like Drake London and Traylon Burks, it, it, it's a little bit easier to, you know, just kind of play to their route tree and inject something different into the Chiefs offense and, and bully ball that they just 
they haven't necessarily had on the outside, right? Mm-hmm. And so I, I just think if there is a rookie, a rookie wide receiver on this Chiefs offense next year, buy into it because what Byron Pringle has been has been doing in limited spurts for the Chiefs really, really is encouraging for that for that position next year. Pringle looked pretty good. He had a lot of supporters uh, coming out of Kansas State. And he just had a huge game. He's not someone like I think will be fantasy relevant this week, next week, during the playoffs. But it does make you intrigued about what that possibly could be. His successor might be, though. What? His successor might be, though. That's what I'm trying to say. I was always hoping it'd be Demarcus Robinson. I mean, he's a fine wide receiver three, fine wide receiver four. He just doesn't really have the explosiveness or the athletic ability to fill that role to the full potential. But he's fine. He's I remember last season, Demarcus Robinson had four red zone targets through the first three weeks of the season. They dropped all four of them. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that, that tends to happen. That's tough. Oh, well, you move, you live and you learn, right? Okay, Laquan Treadwell, oh. another guy whose career has just been revitalized, just out <laughs> of the blue. And, you know, you, you got to think the changes in Jacksonville have something to do with that, but also LaVisca Chanel busting into oblivion laquan treadwell if you started him you were pleasantly surprised in in your uh your mm-hmm. fantasy championship runner-up week is he a guy that you can maybe go back to with the with the chip on the line i did not expect to be talking about laquan treadwell this season but here we are since week 12 he's averaged 10.3 points while maintaining enough consistency to make him a low ceiling flex option now he hasn't been seeing the target volume of marvin jones but again he's been extremely predictable in in a good way and treadwell for as consistent as he's been he's only owned in less than two percent of leagues or at least he was a couple days ago i'd have to update the numbers especially because he was my top waiver priority pick for wide receivers in my waiver column for the draft network so i'd rather have treadwell on my team and this may be a bit bold over guys like julio jones kenny galladay and even our boy terry mclaurin i like treadwell a lot through the rest of the season Good in DFS, good in best ball, redraft, depends on situation, but I think he's a guy who should be rostered at this point, especially because he should be playing week 18. I don't see why the Jaguars would rest his starters or unless he gets injured or gets COVID like so many players probably will. I think the only answer to why he's owned in 2% you know, or less in leagues is he just carries that label as a first round bust and, you know, no one really wants to touch that, but, you know, maybe I think he's on his third team since he departed from the Vikings. I mean, Hey, I mean, Jacksonville, they could, they could use some, some stardom right now, some first round stardom because their first round mm-hmm. pick at quarterback sure isn't playing up to potential. Nope. And a lot of it is just got to get the weapons around him. He could really use a weapon like Brandon Ayuk, Cole, and Ayuk has had one hell of a roller coaster to start the season. He's kind of been coming into his own. What's your take on Ayuk? I think Ayuk is going to be much better with Lance. Oh. I think uh, Debo Samuel is going to continue to be like that number one target in that offense. But when I look at like at his games against Cincinnati, um, in this last attempt at, at Tennessee, because, oh my gosh, that was just a lesson in, in play calling for Kyle Shanahan and, mm-hmm. and how to, how to throw a lead right there. I think Ayuk is going to be much more, more steady in the future with a quarterback 
that can more accurate, accurately play to his strengths. And I think, I mean, Shanahan says Lance is ready to start. I'm not sure how much I believe him, but I do think it is the right decision um, to play Lance this week, just to see what his chemistry is like with those weapons that he's going to be playing with in the future. Um, I mean, Hey, like the, the scout team can only teach you so much. And so that's why I think, you know, Lance is, is going to, you know, spread the ball around. And I think that's going to benefit Ayuk a lot. Yeah. I like, you got to like him a lot in terms of PPR and then having to play with Lance. I don't, I don't know if I'd like him better with Lance. I don't think he'd be worse by any means. I do. I do remember seeing that Jimmy G thinks he can play Sunday, but then again, like, we really take his word for it no not really either way i think like iu just in fantasy or not like it's encouraging to see him come into his own toward the end of the season that niners offense if they can get the quarterback situation right and i think they will with trey lance that's one scary looking offense especially when healthy that whole team really if trey lance could just come in there whoo that's that's dangerous i'd be scared yeah, I mean, if, if he could slide in there, that'd be great. Like, all it takes is just, like, one quarterback change and and that progression from, from year one to year two and, and you take those learning experiences from year one um, into your second season and, and you can just be – your offense can, can transform. Um, and that's kind of what I'm hoping for Terry McLaurin next season, right? Mm-hmm. I, I expect we're going to have a new signal caller in Washington. I, I – I hope it's not Taylor Heineke for, you know, a, a third year, but I mean, who knows? I just kind of feel like Terry McLaurin is, is a quarterback away from really ascending into that next tier of, of fantasy superstars. The thing about Terry McLaurin, I know I just like mentioned him and said, I would rather have Laquan Treadwell on my roster than him, which is true. Yeah, that's kind of brutal. Yeah, but that's just where we are in fantasy right now. And I don't know if you remember, but I said McLaurin was a top player to sell earlier in the season. And surprisingly, while he's wide receiver 25 overall this season, since week 12, he's scored 28.2 points combined in those five games. That makes him wide receiver 72. If he's still on your rosters, don't hesitate to kick him to the curb. You need a player who can contribute immediately or can contribute if the player in front of him gets injured or has COVID. Or, or and this is my favorite use of a roster spot this time of the year, play keep away. If it's you versus another person in your league and you know he or she needs a certain position and you have a roster spot, go pick up that position. I have a friend who is going to spend, I, I, think, I think his opponent, has $4 left uh, to bid on the waiver process, or he did as of yesterday. And so he's going to pick up, he's going to put in a claim for any running back that he could possibly pick up because he doesn't want his opponent to have it. I love that strategy. If if you have a roster spot, if you have Terry McLaurin on your team, drop him, go play some defense. That is so valuable this time of year because God knows you don't need Terry McLaurin on your team anymore. He's not so (laughs) scary at this point, but yeah. Yeah. I have high hopes for him next season when they upgrade a quarterback. If it's another year of Taylor Heineke, God help us all. I did the same thing um, this past week at the quarterback position because my opponent had Lamar Jackson. Lamar Jackson was out. So he picked up Tyler Huntley and then Huntley got out. And so I picked up Ben Roethlisberger, which looked like a great move because the chiefs (laughs) were giving up third most points 
to uh, to to fantasy wide receivers. And, you know, I didn't want Deontay Johnson and uh, Clay Poole to just give Roethlisberger free touchdowns. And so I picked him up and his options were Zach Wilson, Cam Newton and uh, Tyler Taylor Heineke. He picked up both Heineke and Wilson, second guessed himself and started Heineke and left Wilson on the bench. So it worked nice. out for me, right? Nice. Psychological warfare. Yep, that's what you got to do at this point in the season. You got to do all these little things. All right, we got two more players left in 10 takes before we get to thumbs up or down with a little twist, a little, little different thing we're adding on to it this week. But I need your thoughts on T. Higgins because this Bengals passing offense, especially after the bombs they were dropping on Baltimore, it looks amazing. Brutal if your defender's going up against them. But Jamar Chase has kind of been the big name this season. But T. Higgins, he deserves more love, right? Yes, he he definitely deserves more love. And um, shout out Samuel Wallace on Twitter because he's been pushing the T. Higgins agenda since the very, very <laughs> beginning. And, I mean, he's one of the reasons why I was like, okay – since he doesn't really need Jamar Chase, but if they just add him in, then like the offense is going to be electric. And then once Chase was added, people are like, okay, Higgins is going to take the back seat because we're still stuck on his, you know, pre NFL draft projection as like this middling wide receiver that can't really separate. And yet here we are like Higgins is, is the number two in this offense. I'd say he's, he surpassed Tyler Boyd. Um, and I just think Burrow's really good about getting the ball to, to all of his turn all of his targets and and some of those targets are going to have better weeks than others. And, and Chase is going to find the, the red zone opportunities more in his favor, but I, I'd say there's, there's plenty of, of target share to go around and Higgins has definitely just made the most of it. Um, I, I love him over the last three weeks. I think he's wide receiver five with uh, 33 catches Wow, and um, two cut two touchdowns. So I will admit I wasn't overly high on Higgins coming in, is to this fantasy season and just to the NFL in general, but what he has helped to do in that Bengals offense, you know, with Tyler Boyd and Joe Mixon all catching passes on a regular basis too. He's part of the reason why the Bengals are in contention for this weird AFC North where the first seed could be in the playoffs and the fourth seed will be one game behind or something. I don't know. The whole division is super weird, but the Bengals have really, done right by all their receivers Higgins especially so in the same division they haven't quite figured it out at the tight end position but I mean the Ravens I remember for so long they had like we're testing out Dennis Pitta there and and they were struggling to find their tight end Mark Andrews has just been like a staple for them the past three seasons a, a great security blanket for Lamar Jackson and you know for so long it just kind of seemed like if you if your outside receivers are are just speed guys, make them break apart that defense to get Mark Andrews the ball. Um, I think it's his what fourth straight season as a top five tight end. Yeah, he has been balling. I tweeted out a stat the other day saying Mark Andrews is the highest scoring player in fantasy over the last three weeks, more than Cooper Cup, more than every quarterback. Straight balling. Which makes me inclined to deliver the take. I am here to crown Mark Andrews as tight end one next season. I am taking him over Travis Kelsey. It just seems to me like Kelsey's plateaued a bit. Again, great player. I'm not going to bash on Kelsey because he's still very good, obviously. 
I would just rather have Andrews. And I know the Ravens have not been the healthiest team this season, and the Chiefs have had a little bit better injury luck on that front. But to me, it's like Andrews' trajectory is pointing upward a little bit more than Kelsey's. Obviously, look, Kelsey, again, top tight end, arguably tight end too. But Andrews has averaged one more point than Kelsey this season. Andrews leads all tight ends in each major stat category. I think Andrews is the tight end to own in all formats next season. I maybe a low end second round pick, depending on how the board falls. But either way, Mark Andrews, tight end one next season. Fight me on that. Yeah, and I think it's just because he catches so many touchdowns, and he's like an an avid threat in the in the red zone. I think he's he's got like fifteen touchdowns over the last two seasons, um, and so he's somebody that those red zone opportunities aren't just flukes every single week. Like Lamar is, is looking for him in that area. And, and as we know, touchdowns are money for tight ends. Mm-hmm. Exactly. So those were our 10 takes. Now we got the fun part of the show, a little more rapid fire, a little faster. We won't take as long, but we're going to get the point across our thumbs up or down with the theme this week being are you drafting this player next season thumbs up or down little caveat little twist obviously still a lot of information to be had these player situations could change drastically or not at all so if you feel inclined to just leave your thumb in the middle feel free to do it just remember to narrate to our beautiful listeners at home what your thumb is doing is it pointing up down or staying in the middle but here we go i got five players for us you got five players for us I take it you would like to share your first batch? Yeah, you know it. We're we're rolling through mine first. Kick things off, my friend. Will we be wanting to draft this player next season or not? Who's the first player? First player up is Derek Carr. Let's put put him on the chopping block. Three, two, one. Whoa. Okay. I think Derek Carr has showed me enough, and I I don't know why. In previous seasons, I've always been like, yeah, Derek Carr, he sucks, right? <laughs> but what he has been able to do, despite all the controversy, cr- controversy, has been nothing short of incredible. And he's had those games where you you feel like, oh, if 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 the Raiders just have a little bit more help on offense, like this team looks different. And what what Renfro, like Renfro's been a wide receiver one the past, like since Henry Ruggs, you know, was was cut from the team. I think the Raiders. Under, under new, you know, management with Mike Mayock, I, I think he stays. And I want to see a draft where Mayock is the one calling the shots instead of Gruden. I think Mayock just builds around Carr and gives him the playma- playmakers that have not been available to, available to him the past three seasons. I think Jamison Williams in this offense would be incredible. And uh, nice. Derek Carr, the last time he threw to another Alabama, you know, wide receiving threat, Amari Cooper, I think it, it turned out pretty well for them. So I, I think that's what happens next season. And if Carr gets an influx of weapons, then I'd be pretty comfortable drafting him as my quarterback one. Mm-hmm. I'll keep mine, mine short. I think you kind of hit on all the points in terms of his projection. To me, it's like, okay, yeah, he's an underrated quarterback overall. You could add the weapons. You could add some offensive linemen, which I think is a bigger issue than people actually think about this team right now. To me, I just don't really see him – either come uh, bumping up to that level of like a top 10 quarterback regardless of who's around him 
or having a huge enough volume to really become a top 10 quarterback. So I'd probably look for other guys. Like I guarantee you Kirk Cousins is going to be in that same range. And I would take Cousins each time. So that's, I, so we disagreed on that. Maybe we'll agree on this next player. Who you bringing? I'm bringing Damian, Damian Harris to the table. Um, do you, would you be comfortable drafting Damian Harris as a borderline running back one to two next season? Oh, so you're adding a little asterisk to this. Yeah, a little, little asterisk on there. Ready? Okay. Okay. Three, two, one. Both of our thumbs were down. See, I was ready to put my thumb up for Damian Harris, but you put that little twist on it. So I would have to put my thumb down. So I guess, I guess I'll have to defend him now because I do think it will depend on his ADP. Uh, I do think he'll be in a similar situation this year. He's been mostly good, especially when healthy toward the back end of the season. Cause this Patriots offense, they rely on the run game. Mac Jones, isn't that type of guy who can win you a football game yet. You really have to establish the system around him. So I don't really want Damian Harris as my RB1, RB2. Uh, I, I would more so take him as like an RB3, a strong RB3, that is, and a flex. So I would take him, but I wouldn't want him as one of my main running backs. I do think the upside is there. But again, his usage, not really involved in the passing game, kind of mitigates his uh, stock in my eyes. Yeah, man, I think James White is going to, you know, assume his regular role in the receiving game. Because if you remember, like over those first few weeks where – uh, Mac Jones was still, you know, adjusting to the NFL pace. He was looking for why a lot, you know, out of the backfield. And um, you, you got to anticipate like this Patriots offense is still going to have a lot of close games, you know, next season. And when I just look at Harris, I, I see like a, a bunch of touchdowns and not a lot of rushing totals. Like in weeks eight through 12, he didn't crack a hundred, but he was scoring every single week. And that's what saved his production. And so for me, like, when you're betting on like touchdowns with, with running backs, you kind of want to have a nice little receiver padding, or at least have, you know, a bunch of those high rushing totals to kind of counter the volatile volatility of those end zone scores. So I, I would Fair be, enough. I would be hard pressed to see Damian Harris, like replicate his same consistency that he's been enjoying this season. Yeah. Fair enough. All right. Let's keep him moving. Give another running back. Cause I feel like we're on a roll talking about running backs right now. Okay, we're going with Clyde Edwards-Hilaire entering oh year three for next season. Three, two, one. My thumb's staying in the middle. Okay. Yours is pointing up. Why are you high on CEH next season? I've just been super encouraged with, with how the Chiefs have used him after he came back from injury. Um, and he's also converting like his, his red zone opportunities, which was, like we said before, was a huge concern with him that, you know, he just – didn't have the muscle to punch it in at the goal line. He's been able to do that. No one's really challenging him for his, uh, his receiving role on that offense. And he'll get paced by Daryl Williams at times, but this is his running back position. Like his, his workhorse role to lose in my opinion in, in this offense. Cause at the moment there, he has really no real challengers and it kind of seems like the, the chiefs are a worse offense with him off the field. I like him to an extent. Everything you said, like, totally true. Like, I agree with. I think it more depends on his ADP. Like, this is really where it comes down to, are they going to, is he going to be overvalued based on his success as a running back? Or is he going to be a guy you can get as like a low-end RB2, a flex? If he's a flex, 
for you, your third running back, I would probably eat that up. I just don't want to be taking him in the second, maybe even third round. So we'll see. I do like him. I probably would have had my thumb up. I just really want to see what this offseason looks like in terms of where the other running backs are ranked. How do you utilize the first time we've ever allowed us to keep the thumbs in the middle too? So can you blame me? I know I, I can't blame you at all. So you're saying like round four is like the sweet spot where you would, yeah. you would take Edwards Alaire. Uh, yeah, I'd consider it. I consider that for sure. RB two, not entirely sure of it. Like as a third running back, a hundred percent, I would, I would wrap that up pretty easily. Okay. Uh, going back to the Ravens, we talked about Mark Andrews earlier. What about Rashad Bateman? Uh, are you buying into that that second year breakout? Because he really hasn't had the rookie season. You know, he's deserved. He's been dealing with all, obviously that that quarterback rotation the past few weeks, and also you know getting in, injured to start the season. What do we think of Bateman for for year two? Three, two, one. Thumbs up across the board, baby. Yes, sir. This is a pro Rashad Bateman podcast. Always has been. Pretty simply, he's shown when he is healthy, he can be a solid wide receiver too in this offense. I know Sammy Watkins wasn't there when Bateman was doing this. He was injured, as always, it seems like. But <laughs> I really can't envision a world where Watkins is prioritized over Bateman next season, especially when Baltimore is presumably back and healthy to the max, at least. And I like Bateman enough as a prospect to really buy into him. I don't expect his ADP to be too high enough anyway. I'll gladly take Rashad Bateman on my teams. Yeah, especially I feel like just this offense is going to come back with vengeance with J.K. Dobbins and, and Gus Edwards uh, back and healthy. The running backs yeah. can, can basically assume the role as, as the team's identity. You can keep the ball on the run, and, and hopefully that's going to, you know, open up some opportunities over the middle for Bateman. So I'm, I'm super excited super excited for what his role is going to look like because I just don't really feel like we've seen a game from Bateman where he's been used in the way that the Ravens envisioned when they drafted him. Yep. Fair enough. All right. You got one more player left before I get into mine. Who's your final guy you're bringing to this proverbial arena. All right. This guy is like an obvious thumbs down, but what if I threw a twister in there? That was, Oh, how are you in or out on drafting Cortland Sutton next season if Aaron Rodgers is the quarterback? Oh, man. Okay, Three. okay. So if Aaron Rodgers is a Denver Bronco. Yeah. Okay. Which okay, a right. lot of people are expecting he will be. That's true. I, I would be surprised if he stays in Green Bay, to be honest. So, all right, let's do it. Three, two, one. Oh, man. No thumbs up. No. Mine's still in the middle. Yours is down. I was going to keep mine down, but then you threw that twister, so I had to bump it up to middle because I, and I think, look, obviously he has not played to the expectations some people had. And my reasoning for being a thumb down was saying, you're, there's a lot you're banking on with change. You need a new head coach, Vic Fangio, in three seasons, hasn't cut it, time to cut him loose. You need a new quarterback, a guy who can actually throw the ball well and accurately, which is the same thing. So that was stupid. You need an offensive coordinator who knows that, all right, maybe you should be trying to get the ball to Sutton and Judy more, but that again, banks on having a good enough quarterback right now. They're a run heavy team as they should be with Melvin Gordon and Javante Williams. So they still need a lot of change. 
obviously with Aaron Rodgers, that solves like half of that problem. So I would have him up in the middle. If they, if they do bring in a new head coach and they do bring in, like, let's say they bring a Byron Leftwich or Brian Dayball from Buffalo. If I pronounce his name right, I don't know. Then yeah, I'd maybe be a little bit higher on Sutton, but they do have Judy, they have Fant, Javante Williams, all the mouths to feed. So a lot of big ifs with Cortland Sutton. The talent is there. Just a lot needs to change in the mile high city. Yeah, I think a lot, a lot needs to change, but I just even if Rogers is there, what I don't see changing is Rogers operating with the number one target. And I think that number one target would be Judy. Mm. I it's just because just looking at Sutton's pr- production, like you would expect the more experienced receiver to be the most involved. And yeah, he missed year two with a, with a knee injury, but he hasn't scored a touchdown since week six, hasn't cracked a hundred receiving yards since week five. And since then he's only had like these, he's had multiple games. I think four games with two catches and two games with only one catch. And so it's like, okay, he, he, he might be a little bit banged up, but, the problem is the involvement and with Rogers dominating with a clear number one target, like he has been, he did so for so long with Jordy Nelson. And now he's got Devontae Adams that he's just feeding targets to. I think Judy would be his guy. And I don't really see Sutton really taking or breaking out of this little rut that he's gotten in. If, if Rogers is that quarterback next year. Again, like you said, just a lot of question marks. There's a lot we don't know. And a lot of it will depend on his ADP, how much projection is factored into that. And definitely something to keep an eye on. If you're in Denver right now, you better be hoping for a change because this current team will not cut it. All right. Those are your five. These are my five for thumbs up or down with a little bit of middle in it. If you want to my first guy I'm bringing to the table, rapid fire, baby thumbs up or down for Kirk cousins. I might have already teased this one. I might already have tipped my hand a little bit. No pun intended. You get your hand ready? Let's do it. Three, two, one. Oh, yeah. yeah. Both of our thumbs are up. Why are you – all right, you're buying in on Cousins. I think Cousins has been great this season. And, uh, you know, he gets a lot of flack for his primetime record. But I, I just think this this offense is – as always – like, this is the most explosive – Minnesota's been I think over the last two years than they have been in a while and I think Kirk is the facilitator to that and yeah he gets a lot of flack but he's but he's solid he gets the ball to his targets and yeah like he might be a a little bit of a choke artist but I mean hey he he gets it done and and the fantasy stats have been there KJ Osborne is a nice enticing talent you know upcoming talent that can maybe slide into Thielen's role depending on what happens with him after this season so I I think I think Kirk is going to be solid next season. I drafted him as my quarterback one, probably in the quarterback seven to 10 range. Fair enough. He's quarterback 10 overall right now. He's quarterback 12 in points per game. His ADP QB 19. I said before the season, he's a good value. I'll gladly say it again next season too. So I'm I'll take cousins. I can't see him getting worse. Side note, please get Mike Zimmer out of there. Please to God, it's time for a change. Imagine what this Minnesota offense can do with a better coach. I was going to say more competent, but I guess a better is just the better term in general. Please get Kirk Cousins a new coach. All right, next player, Elijah Mitchell. We talked a bit about him last week with Luke Sawhook, who's currently cruising along the coast of Miami. 
Thumbs up or thumbs down for the 49ers rookie running back. Three, two, one. All right. Oh, okay, we... so Luke convinced you. Luke did convince. I don't know. Yeah. I think I think it was more the nail in the coffin because my thumb was down. Your thumb was up. And I think it's just kind of like forget the injury issues. Luke said it best. Any running back can kind of just step in there and ball out. He seems relatively replaceable. Uh, we've yet to really see a running back take hold of that position. The Raheem Mostert might have been able to do, but then he got injured. Mitchell has had good enough chances, but he also can't stay healthy. I'm, I like him to an extent, but he's not someone I feel like would need to be overdrafted at his projected price. So I'm not going to look for Mitchell. Upside, obviously, there. But again, a lot of guys just kind of keep going in there, bro. If Jeff Wilson can do it, why can't someone else, you know? Yeah. I, I wouldn't be looking for him either. I mm-hmm. am confident that Mitchell can retain a handle on the backfield for a second year. Because mm-hmm. I wasn't, you know, a huge Trey Sermon supporter back when all that hi- hype was just going crazy in the offseason. I think he's a better back than than Jeff Wilson. So I think if if Mitchell can enter next season as like the clear number one back, then I would be confident, you know, not drafting him as my RB two, but if I wanted to, you know, wait on a few running backs and and load up on a, on a tight end and a quarterback early in the draft, then Mitchell would be, you know, a solid option. I would say Um, I wouldn't be confident, you know, taking him round round two or, or round three or anything like that. But I think he can he can definitely offer value if you want to wait a little bit and, and load up on other positions. Mm-hmm. Got three more players left before we get to a uh, secretive under the wraps close up from Cole and some fan Q and A. My next player, Miami Dolphins running back Miles Gaskin. Are you looking to draft him next season? Thumb up or thumbs down or in the middle if you so choose. Three, two, one, bang, bang. I, I told like you, I've, I've never liked Gaskin. I Ow. just think he's uh, he's he's pretty receiving dependent. Um, I think, the, I mean, the Dolphins have been airing it out a lot over the past few weeks. I just think he gets replaced. I I just think the the Dolphins can upgrade at at the position, and and you know while Gaskins is is a uh, or Gaskin is is cheap, and you know efficient. I just don't think he has like what the Dolphins are looking for and what this potential of this offense could be. Mm-hmm. You said it best. You think he gets replaced? I know he's getting replaced and he's replaceable. This is Elijah Mitchell light for crying out loud. There's no <laughs> way you'd be able to trust him next season. One player. Oh my God. Has he been the talk of the town? Amon Ross St. Brown. I'm surprised you didn't choose him for a superlative or anything because he is probably the hottest player in fantasy right now. But is the heat warranted do we need to put a temperature check on him thumbs up or thumbs down for Amon Ross St. Brown okay that was cool I didn't intend for that a little (laughs) rhyme there but let's see it three two one thumbs up you got two thumbs up I I got two thumbs up like for the sun god he is giving the lions life over the past few weeks (laughs) and he's just been a stud Jared Goff said he's He's trying to get him the ball, and it's been working, right? I think Alman Ra is a, is a guy that put his head down in training camp and was like, "Okay, I'm gonna I'm gonna have to earn my reps in this offense. The, this team is going to need me at some point in the season, and that's exactly what what has happened." I really like Alman Ra. I think Goff is Goff the quarterback next year for for Detroit. 
I think he is. Mm-hmm. I think so too. I, I think he is. And but if that might not be the bad a bad thing, right? I'm Goff fed the ball to to Cup and and Woods for so long in that Los Angeles Rams offense, and they were able to turn together some decent fantasy performances. Nothing like you know what what Stafford is doing to Cup's production right now. But I think if Amon Ra can get around nine to ten targets per game, um, be used in the red zone, then I would draft him as a, a dependable wide receiver too next season. And he's certainly punched a lot of a lot of teams to playoffs over the past four weeks. Definitely. And even if Detroit upgrades at wide receiver, which we should all expect them to do, his role should keep him involved. Like he, they like to play him all over the field, you know, kind of like a Debo Samuel-esque type of role for them. So I expect him to be involved in whatever the offense looks like next season. Final player, Chase Claypool. You may remember him as the dude who celebrated after picking up a first down and cost his team like seven seconds or something, whatever. Is he someone you want on your fantasy team next season where you should expect a quarterback change too? So keep that in mind. Thumbs up or down or in the middle if you want. Three, two, one. Both tilting him down. And that's even expecting a quarterback change. I, I just think Claypool's role is like, it's similar to what Mike Williams was like before, um, b- before like his surgeons this season right mm-hmm. and i just don't really see his role changing all that much you can't really play him in the slot and I, I, we'll see what happens with with juju in in his decision this offseason if he leaves or not but i just think he's kind of just like that boundary boundary receiver that uh, makes a couple of tough catches um you'll you'll try and get him open in in the red zone and let him come down with the ball but outside of that like there's not really much to be excited about with, with Claypool's, you know, potential. He's not really great yards after catch wise. And that's what we know is, is money for these receivers is, you know, getting a lot of targets, but also making the most of those targets. And I just don't think like Claypool, poor man's, poor man's Mike Evans is what I'll say. Whoa. Okay. I always kind of viewed him as he could be a little more versatile in the Steelers offense, but I think my issue with him is I don't really see the appeal for him next season like Deontay Johnson will still be there Najee Harris will still be there yeah we'll assume they upgrade a quarterback they should everything's pointing to that will happen but I don't really see the upside in him becoming more consistent every now and then he has a Mm -hmm. few great weeks for the most part especially as of late definitely not someone you want anywhere near your starting lineups but I struggle to picture what type of role he could be put into where he's getting the ball on a consistent enough basis to make me want him on my team. So still a lot of questions with him. Uh, the talent is there. The usage needs to get better. So yeah. with that said, now is the time for you to shine, my friend, because you said you have a close-up you wanted to keep under wraps. Uh, better, you had a better lid on it than Sony did the Spider-Man movie. I can tell you that right <laughs> now. So... What is it? What do you got to get off your chest, man? I'm sitting on the edge of my seat here. Hey, Spider-Man was great, but uh, fantastic. What what I have is just the the tried and true debate, right? Is fantasy football skill or luck, right? Mm-hmm. And I'm I'm gonna make this short and sweet, but I don't know how you could say fantasy football is luck after this season and what fantasy managers have been put through with COVID. Um, you know, obviously it didn't ramp up until really the last three or four weeks of the season, 
Um, there were, you know, there was a few cases where we had to adjust to, to COVID protocols, but managers, you know, reacting to those decisions, strategizing, picking up players, like saving your, you know, free agent acquisition budget, you know, a sizable amount to go bid on Justin Jackson, you know, late in the season. That's like a, that's a fantasy championship winning move. That is way more than luck right there. Like that, that's a skill where you're anticipating, anticipating those changes. And I just think with how much adaptability this season has required, there's no shot that you can say fantasy football is all luck. There are going to be those lucky moments. There are going to be those, those, matchups where okay the cornerback blows the coverage and and jamar chase gets a you know a a free touchdown off of that but for the most part what you're looking at is is fantasy managers analyzing the situation and basically adapting to the best of their ability and ultimately that is just way more than luck at this point so i think what covid19 has has proven this season is Fantasy football is, I'd say, 70% skill, 30% luck. And 100% pain. Always is for everyone who doesn't win. Uh, You bring up a good point, though, because to the people who say, like, it's all luck, like, oh, like, your player's going to get injured. Like, you're you're only good because the opponent you were playing, like, three of his players got injured. Or, like, oh, it's, it's clearly luck because your entire team got COVID or tore their ACLs or something like that. The skill comes in the anticipation and mm-hmm. the reaction of losing your star players it becomes with anticipating that something's gonna happen to this lineup no good fantasy manager goes into the season saying this is gonna be my team throughout the entire season not because i choose it but because something happens no you, you you draft your team and build that team through trades with the idea of knowing players will fall off you're gonna lose players if you have no backup running backs that's on you but to keep fortifying your bench and keep picking up the players who you think could be better you are whether you are whether you're consciously doing it or not setting yourself up as prep you're you're preparing yourself to fix your lineup when it does come down to those big moments you have a backup running back you picked up four weeks ago, haven't used him since, but your star running back just got hurt. You Some could say it's bad luck. You lost your running back. Here's where the skill comes in, in knowing that that could happen and having a guy on your bench to replace him. Obviously, like you said, yeah, there's going to be some lucky things, some things out of your control, but you're the one setting the lineup. You're the one filling in the holes that are created out of nowhere. Of course, there's going to be skill. I'll gladly hop on board with that close-up you got there, man. And one and one league this season, I went, um, I think, either three or four. I went four running backs in a row. Mm, I love that. I drafted Jonathan Taylor, Austin Eckler, uh, Josh Jacobs, and David Montgomery. Back wow. to back to back to back. So that left me at wide receiver with Kenny Galladay and Cortland Sutton, just absolutely abysmal, right? (laughs) However, I think past round 10, I was able to land Debo Samuel and Jalen Waddle. And those were the receivers I rolled with for pretty much most of the season. And that league or that team is in um, the, you know, the fantasy championship. 
And so I think that's where like the, the skill comes in is like, okay, it, loading up on one position and punting a position early to, to bet on your breakouts later in the draft. Exactly. There's so much that goes into it. You got to consider that if things are going to blow up in your face, you got to be ready for it. Congrats to you. Congrats to anyone who made the fantasy finals. Let's get into some of your questions because there was a lot of you who needed lineup advice this week. So try to pick out the best start sit questions. A nice one at the end about what running backs to start. This one coming from TikTok from Drew's Cookies. 69 420 <laughs> who should i start hey we're kid friendly here cole we're kid friendly <laughs> who should i start mahomes hurts or hill mahomes is playing cincinnati hurts is playing washington hill was activated today and should start against carolina i think mahomes has certainly cleaned up his uh his act the last few weeks, but I liked yeah. what you said about Hertz earlier in the podcast and, and his oh. chances against Washington. I think, I think the middle option is what I'm going to roll here. Jalen Hurts. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'd probably do that too. I think my homes, you get a nice 20 or so points out of, he's been averaging that since the buy Hertz might have a slightly lower floor than Mahomes. obviously not as good as a passer, but I think the upside is definitely there to where I think he can outscore Mahomes by like six, seven, eight, maybe even nine points. So I would roll uh, Hurts, all three quarterbacks, solid matchups. I'm not huge on Taysom Hill this week, but mm-hmm. I could do the other ones. Um, all right, you want the next one? Yeah. From, another one from TikTok from Young Oreo, or Young underscore Oreo 69 as well. Ronald Jones or Rashad Penny? And to me, this is, I think, is, is pretty obvious. Yeah. You mean Jones is playing the Jets. They've allowed the most points to fantasy running backs with Sean Penny's playing the Lions. They've allowed the 15th most. They should both each see 17 or plus carries. I just think the Bucks are in a better position to give the ball to Jones more. I would actually go Ronald Jones, but I think both of them could easily be starting in every every team. Yeah, I think I think Penny has proven that he's a, a pretty, you know, confident start, especially this late in in, in the season. Um but yeah, I mean, honestly, you can't really go wrong. I, I, I feel like you should honestly, if you have a if if you have a double flex, mm-hmm. or like you should start both of them. But exactly. it's it's probably another traditional league where it's it's two running back flex. Yeah, and especially like if you are in the league championship at this point, you may not have a slot to slide both of them in. So I we we both roll Jones. Uh, this next question also coming from TikTok. Not even gonna try it. Just going to go user numbers. That's like 12 numbers on there. It's like one, two, nine, one, whatever. Uh, Dare Ogunbowale or Dallas Goddard at flex. I always love, I'm always, I'm always, uh, I'm always a little, little itching to get a second tight end there in the flex spot. But this one, I don't know. Ogunbowale is playing at the Patriots. They've allowed, they're 20th in FPA to running backs. Goddard's playing Washington. They're 22nd in FPA. On the surface, Goddard, I like more, but I think Dare can get enough looks in the past game. So I think he actually seems safer despite a perceivably tougher matchup. It just comes down to there's a real chance Ogan Bawale sees as many targets as Goddard plus the carries. Mm-hmm. So I'd roll Ogan Bawale. What say you? Yeah, 100%. I, I definitely agree with that. And especially seeing Singletary and what he was able to do. And I don't think you would be pretty confident starting Singletary at this point in the season just just the way the bills operate 
but he was able to put up double digits against the Patriots. So, I mean, that just kind of shows you New England a little bit softer against the run this season. Why not roll with uh, with with our newfound waiver wire pickup? <clears throat> exactly. All right. Next one. All you. Uh, Evan, best bud, A.B. or Waddle or Javante in the non-PPR mm-hmm. league. This one was a tough one for me. I did uh, quite a bit of research. So A.B., he was actually limited today in practice, so you have to keep an eye on that. Gets a phenomenal matchup against the Jets, allowed the most points to wide receivers this season. Uh, A.B. did only score 10 points last week, despite being the clear wide receiver one. Again, that's in a standard league. Normally, we do PPR formats when we talk about our players. But for this one, A.B. scored 10 points in standard. Mike Evans, back to Jalen Waddle. He saw more work last week than A.B. did. He also gets the Titans, who are not as easy as a matchup. They're pretty average. And then you got Javante Williams. He can really be great or a meh. Has a great matchup, at least. Chargers allowed the fifth most points to fantasy running backs i think between the two well i'll let you go then i'll give my answer so well, who do you think between those three i think it's it's waddle for me i mean he's the wide receiver six over the last three games and that's in standard league uh, league format so uh for me like i feel like the the dolphins have i i know like you know you're not getting points per receptions but he's getting the volume necessary to turn those catches into you know pretty sizable yards after catch contributions yep agreed completely all right we've agreed on all these fan questions so far which players to start this one from instagram our man hunter underscore champion for the a always sends in the best questions probably i would say front runner for listener of the podcast for the year (laughs) he just asked simply week 17 rankings for running backs and to me i know i've spoken about this a lot i really hate rankings i really do it's just so like to me you can always make a case for slotting one guy ahead of another guy and vice versa like between jalen waddle and antonio brown like i don't think they'd be close on the rankings but that's a pretty that's a pretty like decisive gap between them but for like you know jonathan taylor versus like austin eckler like (laughs) my hands i'm tossing my hands up here it gets pretty close but I can tell you every running back who I'd undoubtedly start, unless you have better options. So I'm going to read them to you. You tell me mm-hmm. some reservations with a few of them, but I think these guys are the guys I'm like, listen, like unless one of these other running backs are on my team, I'm probably starting them. So you got the obvious ones, Jonathan Taylor, Kamara, you got Chubb, Montgomery, Edmonds, Ronald Jones, Joe Mixon, Josh Jacobs, Aaron Jones, Dalvin Cook, Zeke Elliott, Damian Harris, Devin Singletary, Sony Michelle. Did I say Austin Eckler? Austin Eckler, mm-hmm. Daryl Williams, Cordero Patterson, Rashad Penny. So that leaves guys like Saquon Barkley, Antonio Gibson, Javante Williams, Miles Gaskin. I think you should think twice about probably not forcing your lineups this week, unless again, you are desperate or they are your best options. Again, we don't know your lineups, but I think those are the players I'm generally like, I'd probably lean toward getting them in or I would definitely start them in. Mm -hmm. Yeah, no, I, I probably wouldn't make too many alterations to that. Definitely agree with all the players that you left out. Say like the last six players uh, of the, of the top tier again, Uh, Rashad Penny, CPAT, Daryl Williams, Sony Michelle, Devin Singletary, Damian Harris. Yeah, I mean, Sony Michelle is like a player three weeks ago. I'd be like, no way. But 
at Sean this point Petty. in the season, like McVay seems pretty happy to to roll with him. So uh, he's it's he's getting crazy. the volume. He's getting the volume. It is crazy out there, and just like that. Our week 17 show has come to a close. We got some big things planned in the future. So if you don't already follow us on whatever podcast platform you're currently listening to us on, please do that. It helps us make some money. It makes us look good too for the lovely people at Believe. Also makes us look good for our sponsor, LinkMe, L-I-N-K-M-E. Make sure to download that on the App Store today. Great social media app. Great link sharing app. In one, it's a two-in-one. You got to love the two-in-ones. And you can follow both of us, me, Zach Cohen, at Zach Cohen FB, Z-A-C-H-C-O-H-E-N-F-B, Cole, at Ham Analysis, H-A-M-A-N-A-L-Y-S-I-S. Good luck in your fantasy championships too, by the way, Cole. Obviously to everyone, but especially you, man. We got to have one of us win. I, I, I went up against a team who dropped 160 on me. Couldn't do it. So I started off the week sweating bullets because i played against a team that had jonathan taylor but before jonathan taylor even played debo samuel and aj brown were his top two wide receivers so i started week 16 down horrendously with a 70 point margin oh my god who do you and i came back and won so who do you have on your team cd lamb Dak prescott um Najee Kamara didn't do too well, but I picked up Justin Jackson. That was clutch. Um, Deontay Johnson as well. And who did I play in my flex? Let me see. Let me see. Let me see. Mm -hmm. Oh, I also have the goat kicker, Daniel Carlson as well. Oh, I have cup. That's who I played. Oh, that's, that's that's pretty big. How can I forget? He he was in mine too. And I just, he balled out. It was honestly, Mo Board, just on Jalen Hurts, Rob Gronkowski, and my streaming defense. Oh well, can't win them all. That's why fantasy football is so fun. It's just one big puzzle. If you if you if you play to win, you're not, gonna be not upset. all luck though. It's a puzzle. Remember, yes. strategy, skill, skill is required. Thanks for listening this far into the podcast. We are the Breakout Football Podcast. I am Zach Cohen. That is Cole Topham. This is our amazing outro music to send it into next week's show. We got a recap show coming up soon, a big award show. Then we're churning through the playoffs before we hit off-season content. You're not going to want to miss it. Drop the follows to us on social media. Drop the follow whatever podcast platform you are listening to. Cole, my man, send us home. Yeah, we should go black tie for the uh, for the award show. That'd, okay. be, that'd be pretty funny. All right, let's do it. All right, everyone, go get your fantasy championship W's this weekend. Thanks for listening, and uh, good luck, everybody. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.